It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the sports, sports rush, rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now, here's your host, Brett Rump. for a winter storm. I don't know what's going to happen. So many times all this hype about all the bad weather and then it ends up being nothing. Sometimes it ends up being more than you expect. I I want everybody to be prepared. But let's be realistic. Looks like there might be a little mix sometime in the morning tomorrow. Maybe some rain during the course of the day. And then I think the real question is going to be how dang cold it's going to be. <laughs> Have you seen some of the forecasted highs? They keep yeah. lowering the high temperature. Every time I look at my weather app, it's like the high temperature has gotten colder. Uh, I don't even know if we're going to hit zero on uh, one of the days next week, <laughs> like Monday or Tuesday. Is it Monday when it's going to be like zero for the high or something? Um, the very coldest that I'm seeing is Tuesday with a high of seven. Uh, Sunday and Monday, we both were looking at a high of ten. Okay, so yours is a little warmer than the last one I saw earlier today on my because on mine I I know it was like four degrees for a high one day. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a bit chilly. Let's put it that <laughs> way. You might need a jacket next week. You might. You might. Well, look at you, man. You're always wearing the short sleeve t-shirts and stuff, and it's like me. I've got like four <laughs> layers. I'm trying to figure out how can I still be fashionable and yet comfortable. You, you can. Well. You know me, too. I keep my house at, like, 76 degrees. Yeah, you just have everything set to uh, Florida weather, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny is in Florida, I'm cold all the time because they uh, their air conditioners air are all, like, 68 degrees. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't like 68 degrees. I like 76 degrees. <laughs> Even during the summer, I don't – the air conditioner at my house is about 74. Yeah. I mean, that's fine for me. Just, you know, don't make me hot. Just keep me comfortable. Um <laughs> But uh, but anyway, 46862 Sparkview Sports Medicine text line. And that's the way you can win today because we do have another four-pack of tickets to the Shrine Circus. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't do it. Three rings of fun. There you go. You <laughs> gave it to me. That is our keyword. Three rings of fun is our keyword today. And we promise not to sing again. Well, you... You can sing. Yeah, I'm not going to sing again. <laughs> There's a couple of radios that just broke. <laughs> uh, three rings of fun is the key word, the phrase that pays. So text that to us. Three rings of fun at 46862. You will then be in the running for a drawing. We will have randomly coming up later in the show. Uh, we're going to do the drawing today at 545. Got that? 545. And then what happens is we will text the winner. And you only have a very short period to get back to us. So uh, if you want to win, text three rings of fun to 46862. 
And then you've got to be prepared for a tech somewhere, uh, 545, 550, somewhere in that time frame. So we'll give you a chance to uh, win the four-pack of tickets. And these are vouchers, which the uh, advantage in having the vouchers is then you can choose your show, you can choose your seats, uh, but we will get you vouchers for the circus coming to the Coliseum January 26th through 28th. And since it is a four-pack, you can take the entire family, or as I said yesterday, you can double date because uh, the circus is a great date. Uh, you know. Unless you're Adam. Summer, and you're, you're entitled which, to your opinion on... Which you don't have dates, so it doesn't matter <laughs> whether the circus is a good... Uh, 46862, go ahead and text us now. Three rings of fun. So uh, I guess we've got quite the circus going in the coaching uh, ranks because a lot of coaches are now out that we probably a year or two ago would have never expected to be on the sideline or off, <laughs> I guess in this case, <laughs> off the sideline. Uh, Pete Carroll out at Seattle. You've got Mike Vrabel out in Tennessee. You've got uh, in the college ranks, Nick Saban out at Alabama. Earlier today, we learned Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots have agreed to part ways. And uh, like I said in the first hour, if you missed it, you can always catch it on the podcast. But to me, Bill Belichick has been a very overrated coach throughout his career because he happened to have the best quarterback that perhaps ever played the game. And that always makes the coach look better. When players play really well, the coach always looks a lot smarter than when the players don't play well. And uh, coach gets a lot of the blame for when things don't go well, but a lot of times the coach doesn't get the credit they deserve when the thing when uh, when things go well. And in this situation, I think we had the time now before Brady and after Brady to be able to tell. All right, what is Belichick really as a coach? And I don't know if it's maybe that he's not a great coach slash general manager because he didn't have the personnel. But regardless, he was nothing more than about a 500 coach when he didn't have Tom Brady as his quarterback. And to me, that's, you know, that's everybody's trying to put him on the Mount Rushmore. They're all debating, is he the best of all time? In fact, I heard some definitively call him the greatest coach of all time. I don't know about that. I know next to his name, it's going to say that he coached in eight Super Bowls or coached his team to eight Super Bowl wins, six uh, as a head coach. And I, okay, fine. But you also have some guy who played special teams in New England that's probably listed as having three or four Super Bowl rings, too. And how much credit do you give him? Is he going in the Hall of Fame because he's got three or four Super Bowl rings? So I'm not ready to bow down to the statue of Bill Belichick and claim that he is the best coach that ever coached in the NFL. And so I don't think this is all that surprising. I don't think it's as earth-shattering as people are making it out to be. I do think, though, in Alabama, that's a different circumstance. That's a crazy fan base with a lot of money flowing through that Alabama football program and probably always has been. We just didn't know. But the point is, that is one of the premier jobs in all of football, whether it's the NFL or college ranks. 
I think, to be the head coach at Alabama, where now you have two legendary coaches, Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. And, uh, and so I think that is perhaps right up there as far as one of the premier jobs. And, you know, pretty close to it is Texas. And that's why I'm not so sure Steve Sarkeesian is going to be the guy in Tuscaloosa. I've heard his name talked about. I, I think the two names that Alabama would want to really target. I, I don't know that Dabo Sweeney's right at the top of the list. Obviously, uh, Smart is not leaving. Georgia, uh, but I think the two names, Steve Sarkeesian and Kalen DeVore. And I think the guy that would be the top of my list, if I'm Alabama, would be Kalen DeVore, because I think he's proven now this guy has the it factor. He is something special. His relationship with players, uh, he wins no matter where he goes. He is a winner, and I I think that he would... Be very interested. I mean, it's hard not to be interested in coaching at Alabama. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. But if you're in Texas and you've got things going well and you've satisfied that that fan base in Texas, do you walk away from that to try to satisfy right. the fan base in Alabama where the bar has been set by your predecessor and it's always tough to take over after a legend? See, part of the thing in Texas is he was taking over for somebody who was running a mediocre to above mediocre program where Oakland was kick or Oakland, Oklahoma was kicking <laughs> their butt. And so the fact now that they have uh, reclaimed supremacy in the head to head against Oklahoma and it's like it's like Harbaugh at Michigan. OK, you know, he came in, he wasn't replacing Bo Schembechler, but they wanted a Bo Schembechler like dynasty and so in some ways harbaugh is doing at michigan what saban was called on to do in alabama and that is take a program that 30 40 years ago was the benchmark for college football and make it that again and and live up to that legendary status of that coach we used to have and uh, harbaugh has built that program to where it's very close now you know shem beckler had years of success Harbaugh has just kind of gotten the program there over the last two to three years. But uh, but for, for Nick Saban, I mean, right now, if you if you say, I, I guess the most legendary would be Bear Bryant. Uh, but then Saban is right there in Alabama. And I'm not sure if that's the job you want is to replace him. But for Kalen DeVore, right age. Good circumstances. He's he can't do anything more at Washington. He's losing his quarterback. I I think the time is right. If they want DeBoer, now's the time to get him. No, it's not going to be Les Miles <laughs> or Coach O. They're not going to go to LSU and try to find the recycled coach that didn't get the job done and has some baggage at uh at LSU. Did you see the footage of uh, Alabama students chanting "Anyone but Dabo" outside the uh, oh, really? outside the stadium yesterday? Huh. I did not see that. Some uh, Alabama fans do not want him. <laughs> I I don't think. I mean, I think he would be sixth or seventh on the list, mm-hmm. and I think somebody in the top five or six would take it. Oh yeah. And I know that they have stated that they want to make it a quick process. They want to have it done by the end of the week, uh, either tomorrow or Saturday. Because they don't want this to drag out because they don't want players to get some cold feet and start to think about going elsewhere. So 
they, uh, they're trying to get it done fairly quickly. And I, I think it's one of those things where if you contact somebody and they're interested, you can, you can get the interviews done. You can decide this is the guy we want and work out a contract pretty quickly. Um, what I found interesting is the agent that represents almost all of the top college football coaches is the same guy. So almost everybody that Alabama has an interest in is represented by the same agent. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, CAA in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> call this guy on your Rolodex first, and then if he doesn't respond, then then we'll just go ahead and tell you, call this guy next. Uh, but but anyway, uh, 46862, who do you think is next in line in Alabama? 46862. You know, we're going to make our NFL picks. We'll have to push that off uh, till a little bit later. But we will talk to James Boyd. He's going to join us. We've got a lot of things to discuss with the Colts because we've got uh, Anthony Richardson, and um, he talked to the media today. And we uh, we have to talk to James Boyd about what we learned from Anthony Richardson. That's coming up next here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, four to six. Chance to win a four-pack of tickets to go to the Shrine Circus. We've got vouchers we're giving away before the end of the show today. If you'd like to get into today's drawing, all you have to do is text us three rings of fun. That's three rings of fun at the Shrine Circus. Three rings of fun. That's our phrase to pay today. You could be a winner Right here on uh, the Sports Rush. All right, so the Colts have an offseason. Playoffs begin without our favorite team. But uh, a lot to dissect with what we saw over the last three or four months. And to help do that, James Boyd from The Athletic is joining us. And uh, things are kind of interesting. You get to talk to the general manager. You get to talk to the coach. You get to talk to the quarterback that didn't play this year. Uh, Things are still happening around uh, the Colts complex. Yeah, actually, today was the last day we have to formally be there for a while. So I took a selfie on the way out, and I was thinking <laughs> the two is over. But obviously, there's more to dissect, to get into. Anthony Richardson, hearing from him, was obviously a positive sign. Hearing from Chris Ballard, what he feels needs to change or improve or build on going into his eighth season here in Indianapolis. So a lot to unpack. You know, there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about both of those guys. First, let's start with Anthony Richardson. What was the update as far as where he's at in his rehab process and, uh, you know, what's ahead for Anthony Richardson? Yeah, he was saying he hopes to begin throwing next month. That is the plan. He was telling us that prior to the injury, like most players, he planned on Ending the season, taking a break, he was like, no way I'm taking a break right now. I'm trying to get back on the field. And the way he put it, pedal to the metal, you know, gas to the floor. And so he's excited to rev back up to get back throwing. But um, I think his spirits are a lot better than they were early on. We saw him after the surgery. He was struggling. I mean, just, you know, I don't, I'm not used to seeing him sad. And he was definitely down a little bit. And you could tell just his body language being in the sling. He couldn't be out there playing. But he was much more upbeat today, much more hopeful about the future. And obviously that comes with the uh, knowledge of knowing that you're getting better. And so he's excited. The team is excited. And I think that he'll be ready to go when we see them again in, in pro TA. Colts finish just outside the playoffs with a 9-8 and eight record. If Anthony Richardson was a quarterback for the full season, would they have been better, worse, or about the same? I think that they would have been better with him. 
However, I don't necessarily agree that they would have won every single game that they won with Gardner Minshew and then won even more, you know, in the games that they lost. I think some people are discrediting what the team did or how they've changed without Anthony Richardson. Um, so I do think that they would have been better. Would they have still made the playoffs? Um, maybe. But, again, I can't just say, oh, you take this guy, you put this guy in, everything's better. Because I do think that Anthony still has some growing pains to go through. He is better than I expected him to be in those four games that I saw. But it would just be naive to think that, okay, insert him and you win 12 games. That's not how it works in the NFL. But I do think they're better. Um, and maybe they are playing this weekend if he's in there. But, um, you know, hypotheticals don't really pay the bills around here, which is why Chris Ballard and company are feeling that pressure of, of having to, you know, build on what happened this year and make sure they don't regress. Through the course of the season, how much did the offense mold around Gardner Minshew? Because obviously we did not see the offense the Colts were planning to run. So the Colts had to make some adjustments on the fly to fit the skill set of Gardner Minshew. How different will the Colts look with a healthy Anthony Richardson out there? I think they look a lot different just because of the threat of his running. I know the hot topic today, and it will be until he can prove he can stay healthy, is how much do you run him? Do you use his legs? How do you protect him? But the bottom line is when you have a guy like that out there, the threat of his legs makes defenses kind of flinch a bit. And a perfect example will be that fourth and one call in this regular season finale where if you have Anthony Richardson in there, that fourth and one call is a lot different because you know, okay, we can get our quarterback to run, we can get the running back to run, we can do some RPO stuff, some run pass options, we can do some read option stuff and really confuse this defense, whereas with Gardner Minshew is more of a traditional drop back and pass and a little bit of some of the misdirection stuff and hold not a lot. So I think the defense, you know, or not the defense, the offense molded around Gardner Minshew as best as they could, and I think you saw that with the way they moved the ball and the way they were able to still score and give themselves a chance to make the playoff. Let's talk about Michael Pittman. One of the big questions and probably the top uh, top guy that the Colts have to consider uh, bringing back for next year. And uh, it sounded like Michael Pittman has maybe had the agent in his ear saying, hey, you got to at least check the market and get a market value. Uh, what are the Colts' options, and where do you expect this to go? Does Michael Pittman come back after checking uh, the free market? Do the Colts come up with some type of a deal that he goes ahead and signs? Where do you think it heads from here? Yeah, well, I'll give everyone a sigh of relief. The way it works is he becomes a free agent, actually, after the final day that you can put the franchise tag on a player. So uh, I believe the day that he becomes – Technically, a free agent is March 13th, and then the last day to put the tag on somebody is March 5th. So he will be tagged if they don't come to an agreement before that. There's no way he even gets a chance to really test the market, so to speak. And so I think that it just comes down to whether or not he plays on the tag and if they're willing to negotiate a long-term deal with him um, before that kind of gets messy. So I would expect him to get to a long-term deal. He's a homegrown player. He's a player that everybody loves when it comes to management players on the team, the coaches, he's a tough guy, doesn't miss games, no injury history, things like that. So I would expect him to get done, but I would just tell Colts fans out there, you know, don't worry about him. Oh, what is this other team going to offer them? He will not become an unrestricted free agent because they're going to tag him at the very least and then work towards a long-term deal if they have to. Um, I think the number for him, if I'm Michael Hinman Jr., four years, $100 million. And I know everyone's probably like, well, he's not worth that much, but Brett, you have a job, 
Don't you want to be overpaid? So if you're going to negotiate for yourself, you always start high, and then you negotiate maybe a little bit lower. <laughs> well, the uh, I mean, I mean that I guess the big thing there is if they if they get that deal done, is everything hinging on whether or not they get a free agent wide receiver based on what they end up having to pay Michael Pittman? Uh, or the Colts decided they can get a wide receiver out of a wide receiver heavy draft. Where, where's that next guy come from? Because I don't know if you agree with me, but I, I do think the Colts are a wide receiver short. I do believe that they need someone else in that room to diversify their room even more, to help out Michael Pittman Jr. And I agree, Brad. You should have been in there today asking Chris Ballard these questions. But uh, I'll say that I agree with the standpoint of, a wide receiver has to be added, and I would lean more towards it happening in the draft because I can't picture the Colts, who are known for not spending much money in free agency, you know, finally paying their guy, giving him, you know, $80, $90, 100000000 million, and then going out and paying somebody else's guy as well. So I would expect him to pay Michael Pittman Jr. and then look, like you said, into a wide receiver heavy draft class. Sorry, no Marvin Harrison Jr., but there is talent in this class they can, you know, pick up and hopefully help them get to the playoffs next year. Jace Boyd from The Athletic joining us here on the Sports Rush. All right, another guy I think is pretty important is Grover Stewart, but I wonder if the Colts are holding any kind of grudge against him for that six-game suspension. Where's where's he at in the process? So I spoke to him on the locker clean-out day, and he told me he wants to be back. He knows that management, um, or management knows that he wants to be back. And I asked him, point blank, I said, do you think the PED suspension will hurt you when it comes to free agency or being retained here? And he told me, you know, it could. However, they know how I feel. They know what I made a mistake. I would never cheat the game. I wouldn't hurt my teammates. And I think that's a consensus feeling around the building. Even when he was initially suspended, Shane Steichen came out immediately and said, hey, he made a mistake. This is not a guy um, who deliberately cheated the game. And you could tell by some of the responses. You know, we asked about Isaiah McKenzie and Tony Brown. The response was not that, you know, that not that nice. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't that, you know, uh, homey vibe. It was very much kind of standoffish. So I think that this was an example of them, you know, recognizing that he's a good player. It could, you know, decrease his market value. But if they can bring him back on a cheaper deal, hey, Brad, this is business. And, and honestly, from the Colts' standpoint, if this means that his price tag goes down because of the suspension, that's better for them to try to retain him. So, I think that he gets brought back ultimately, um, but we'll see. I do think that out of all the guys that should be back, the way the NFL works, not all of them will be back. James, uh, what about uh, this draft? Colts are sitting middle of the first round, 15th pick. Uh, You know, it's going to be very heavy with quarterbacks at the top. You might slip in a couple of wide receivers up there. You look at the Colts' needs and you match it with where they sit in the draft board uh, did Chris Ballard give any indication as to what the plans are going into the draft? Do they have an early game plan of, of what they want to do? No, he did not give any indication. And I'm actually not surprised that he didn't because then you'd be giving away your game plan to the entire league, right? You lose your leverage. However, I am curious, Brett, to see if the Colts stick where they are at 15 and just pick the best player available that could help their team because we know – Chris Ballard's nature and his history is to trade back. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering, do you avoid that this year? Do you look at your roster and say, hey, we were right there with our backup quarterback, with our backup running back, you know, for, you know, a good portion of the season without Grover Stewart, all those things. Do you look at this and say, hey, we need to get somebody who can help us immediately 
and pick the best player available so we can be ready to go for next year. So I'm curious to see it. I know all the Colts fans, a lot of them are very high on Brock Bowers. I don't think he'll be there at 15, the, the great tight end out of Georgia. However, I do think that cornerback, wide receiver, those could be some picks or some positions that they consider with that 15th pick if they don't move back. Always great to talk to you, James. Uh, I know it may be the off season, but I'm sure there's going to be uh, news breaking and information that we'll be staying in touch. So uh, thanks so much for the time you committed to the Sports Rush during this season. I appreciate it. It's always fun to come on and talk about what's happening and what's going on. And now we just have to twiddle our thumbs, I guess, until training camp <laughs> kicks back up. But no, we have the combine coming up pretty soon. We'll get a little bit of a lull here, but it should be fun to get back into it and I mean, you look at Anthony Richardson today, and most Colts fans probably see some hope in him. And if you believe that he's the guy, then you feel pretty good about where you are this season as opposed to last season when you didn't have a rookie head coach, I mean, or, or rookie quarterback or a head coach. Well, you yeah, know, both this year, and you feel much better. You know how the NFL has played the calendar. They have something happening all year long. So there's always something going on. Uh, appreciate it, James. Take care, man. All right. Thank you, Manny. Yes, the NFL doesn't want me to have a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Jace Boyd, athletic, joining us here on the Sports Rush. Uh, once again, you want to win those tickets to the Shrine Circus, text uh, Three Rings of Fun. I got so many keywords, I can't remember which one we use. Three Rings of Fun. That's today's phrase to pay. Three Rings of Fun. Text it to us at 46862. And coming up within the next 10 or 15 minutes, we're going to be picking one random entry to win our four-pack of tickets. These are vouchers that you'll get to exchange to go to the show of your choice, the Circus, January 26th through 28th out at the Memorial Coliseum. Eric Dute, Dute Kevich, joining us next, talking to some high school hoops on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Coming up at 6 o'clock, we've got the weekly high school basketball coaches show coming up tomorrow. It's kind of a split schedule. We've got high school basketball right here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM as our Parkview Sports Medicine High School Basketball Game of the Week features a double header. It starts with girls action, 6 o'clock and it's the game of the year in the Summit Athletic Conference as the Snyder Panthers visit Homestead. And remarkably, the same two teams meet right after in boys' action. So we've got Snyder at Homestead tomorrow night, a twin bill. And then, of course, after the game, be sure to join us at the Coventry Pizza Hut. We'll be out there until 1030 with scores, highlights, coaches, interviews, and more. It is a full Friday night of high school basketball coverage presented by Parkview Sports Medicine right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. And I just mentioned it, so let's get Eric Dutkevich on the line because uh, he's going to tell us what he thinks about this big matchup in girls basketball coming up tomorrow night. It is Snyder Homestead, Dute. This is the showdown for all the marbles in the Summit Athletic Conference. Yeah, absolutely. The big one, I mean, the way it's kind of played out with this SAT schedule, uh, you know, we, we're starting to wind down as the girls is a little bit ahead of, ahead of the boys. And these two teams undefeated in the conference, uh, two teams that are have been in the conference race each of the last two years. Of course, Northrop winning the conference a year ago on the final night over Homestead, beating Snyder along the way. This year, Snyder just beating Northrop last Friday night to kind of stave off that, and now these two teams lock up. And, uh, 
you know, really good players for both sides of the ball that we've seen the progress of both these teams. Of course, Jordan Poole and uh, a nominee for McDonald's All-American, a uh, great player heading to Purdue. Maya Epps, somebody who's coming up through the ranks uh, now as a sophomore at Homestead and a really good player who's going to be someone that we talk about for the years to come on the Homestead side of things. So a really good matchup. Uh, it'd be really curious that the shooting, I, I you know, uh, from from Snyder and, and all of that, and because they got off to a hot start uh, last Friday night, and and it just wore Northrop down, and then Homestead with with a little bit more size, you know, can they pound it inside, get it uh, to at the rim, and and get some easy buckets there, and it, so it should be an interesting matchup, clash of styles, two really good teams, and looking forward to that. Uh, girls game uh, leading us off tomorrow night. Looking at the schedule tomorrow night, it's still double header night in the Summit Athletic Conference, Northside at Northrop. We've got uh, Southside at Concordia. Wayne goes to Bishop to Wenger. We saw a uh, impressive Wayne win last Friday night against the Northside Legends. And, uh, and then Wayne the next day ran into a buzzsaw and ended up getting beat on their home floor. But uh, but this Wayne team has the pieces, and that was a huge win to get it over Northside. I know Anthony Brewer and company very pleased with how things transpired last Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and you know, this team and Wayne, uh, you know, pulling out that big victory, 66-42, to 42, it was tied at 29 at halftime. Uh, so uh, and a lot of chirping going back and forth. I knew they, they had to remove some people from the stand. It was a very intense game on top of it. But Wayne coming out in that second half, really uh, blowing the doors open, led by Javon uh, Lewis Jr., who led the way, I think, with 26 points and, and 10 assists that night. So uh, just he's been great the last two years. Um, and another great showing Friday and in the last couple weeks as well. And, and I think Wayne... Uh, now kind of moves in that slot with Lures, another great team. Lures didn't play as much this past week, uh, but a real, and, and their kind of, their opponents weren't as, as, as maybe tough as, as what Wayne saw. But Lures a really good team um, and moving along, and we could see that collision course in a few weeks for for the boys' SAC title. All right, let's get to uh, this week's top poll as far as the teams that uh, are the the hot teams for the week, and of course. We like to start with the girls' side, and we begin in our top five with number five. Yeah, number five, we find those Homestead Spartans. That Christmas break time has really helped this Lady Spartans team. Uh, four straight wins, and I think it really goes back to, I think, uh, seven of their last eight, eight of their last nine, something like that. Uh, they beat Southside and in the last week, which, you know, not surprising victories, but just maintaining that pace, a 63.6 points per game. That's ninth in the entire state uh, and, and uh, a big showing all year long. They're up to number seven in the class 4A poll, number six in the coaches poll. First place tied with Snyder in the SAC. And that moves us up to number four this week. Number four, we find the Woodland Lady Warriors. You know, this has been an interesting team. Uh, three straight wins for Woodland uh, in the ACAC tournament with Heritage. They get Blackhawk Christian out of conference and at Wayne Trace out of state. Um, and so 
first year for Dave Randall, who was the longtime boys coach. He's come in and taken over this girls team. They're eleven and seven with three straight wins, three and two conference. So you know, a little bit of momentum this time of year for that Woodland team. It's been good for them. They got some really good players who play volleyball that won ACAC. So they know how to win. Just putting it all together. This could be a tough team, and they're heading into the semis tomorrow against Heritage in the ACAC girls side. It is the girls' top five, and we're at number three. Number three, the Lakewood Park Christian Panthers. Oh, that's a mouthful. I know. It, it, you know, welcome to the poll. This probably is the first time for Lakewood Park, but, uh, you know, honestly, it's one of those teams that have struggled in the last couple of years. They're sitting at 13-4. and four. They're not a conference team, but they've won three straight wins. They've won five of their last six. How about this? They, you know, they beat Clinton Christian 62-2, to a 60-point win anywhere in the state. In our area, we'll get you on our poll, and that's where we find Lakewood Park. They started 7-0, and by the way. Very good team up in Auburn uh, with Jared Estep as their coach. Uh, a team to look for in the Class 1A sectionals coming down the line. They blew the shutout. I did not get the I numbers know, for. I know, they blew I, the shutout. I, I, I did not, yeah, I did not find the quarter-by-quarter score. So I don't know. Uh, I'd, happened, I'd, I'd uh, knock them down to Hopefully numbers. it wasn't garbage time. You're generous. <laughs> I'd knock them down to four for blowing the shutout. All right, number two. Number two, we had north to Angola. Uh, we're getting places from everywhere this week. Hey, how about them? Nine and seven. Four straight wins. They've won six of their last seven. Uh, one of the bigger teams in the NECC showing them some love. Um, first year for Dave Panning as their head coach, a, a longtime assistant in the area with some connections to Concordia, mm-hmm. but now up there as a first-time head coach, they've won four straight, six of their last seven. They're in the NECC semis, and uh, 11-11 year ago, so they've been able to build off of some things, and they're doing it with defense because they're only averaging 45 points a game and giving up 47, so... Uh, Defense has helped them in the last couple of weeks to get to that to, to that to that surge. Here we go, the number one team in this week's girls poll. Number one, we find the Norwell Lady Knights. <laughs> you know, Norwell kind of hit a bit of a rough spot. They they lost two straight to close out 2023 with Lawrence North and Snyder at the Noblesville tournament. They've rebounded big time with three straight wins. They posted 65 versus. 73 versus Leo, 71 versus Dwanger. They're third in the state in scoring. Eric Thornton now 18th all-time in state history with 444 career wins, seventh among active coaches. This team, you know, they beat Columbia City earlier in the year. They're in the driver's seat for the NEA girls, 15-4. and Every year this time of year is when we start to talk about Norwell. How deep can they go? Kennedy filling, leading the way. Uh, this is another special year for Norwell, and, and it'll be fun to watch to see what they can do turning time. Got to get to the boys quickly, and number okay. five. Number five, we find the Bishop Lewers Knights. <laughs> Yo, great season all along. They just had that one game uh, earlier this week. Uh, last Friday night, they won that. They're 3-0, first place in the conference. Number three in 3A. We talk about the Truesdale Twins all the time. Just under six seven points a game a really stout team in those lures nights number four number four adam central four straight wins they've got a big one over norwell which is the nea champions a year ago 
they their loan loss to Belmont. Crazy thing is, too, they started on December 12th, so all these games have been really eight games in the last like three weeks. Uh, really good team there, two and zero in conference, looking for back to back ACAC crowns this weekend in the tournament. Isaac Schultz, six foot seven forward. He's he was the MVP last year. He's he's what makes those flying jets go. Yeah, he uh, he's a great player, and you know I think in some ways we look past Adam Central a little bit because they do get that late start, and we, and we're we're burnt out on Adam Central from football. Yeah. You know the football kind of trumps over their basketball, but that's a great basketball team. All right, number three, number three, the Blackhawk Christian Braves. You know they're again a team that's out of conference. They play a lot of challenging teams from across the state. They're up to three straight wins, six of their last seven. They got to the holiday finals of the Lawrenceburg tournament. They beat Homestead on Tuesday, also have beaten Concordia and Marion out of Mishawaka in the last couple weeks. Kellen Pickett, 18 points a game on 49% shooting. Great player for them, great team. They're up to number five back again in Class 2A. That's going to be a fun sectional with Blackhawk Christian and Lures in it, by the way. Um, and But they're number three this week. Absolutely. All right, boys' side, number two this week. Number two, Central Noble. This 10, yeah, sitting at 10-2 and two on the year under first-year head coach Ben Lemon. They're the first 10-win team in the conference. They're, they're in the tourney semis tomorrow. Five straight wins against teams from different... East Noble, Garrett, Dwanger, West Noble, East Side. So a really good team for them. Um, really looking looking for their fourth tourney title in five years. That's where we find Central Noble at number two. Time to give us the number one team this week. Number one, the Wayne General. You know, we talked about them a little bit earlier. Just what they've been able to do the last week. They did take that tough one to Arsenal Tech on the chin on Saturday, but the big win over Northside. They come back with a 30-point win over Norwell on Tuesday. Javon Lewis Jr. 57 points combined in those two two games. Nine three pointers against uh, uh, Norwell on on Tuesday, and uh, you know a really good team. They're just continuing to get better and. It's all those guys, not just Devon, not just Chase, Princeton Comer. We talk about H.J. Dillard, a lot of firepower on that, that team. What's the latest happening with Parkview Sports Medicine right now? Yeah, so uh, we continue to remind people about our PSM Edge Performance Program, individualized sports performance training, athlete center put on by our great performance staff here. They specialize in, in and you, really, what it comes down to, looking at what you need to work on to get better, whatever sport you are playing in, whatever level you're playing at, it's an opportunity to come in, work, at, and train at your convenient time throughout the afternoon and evening, get better at your sport. And maybe you're an in-season sport, too, that needs to come after practice as well. So that's great for us. So if you want to go on and, and look and check into it and get a free consultation to kind of see how to get started, log on to parkviewsportsmedicine.com slash edge, and we could take it from there and get you started and see how you can earn your edge with PSM. You'll be hanging out with Adam and Michael McIntyre tomorrow night out at Coventry Pizza Hut for the Parkview Sports Medicine postgame show. Looking forward to hearing that, dude. Thanks so much. Yep, we'll see you tomorrow night. Eric Dute, Dute Kevich joining us here on the Sports Rush. Back with a wrap-up next on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. 
Welcome back. Final time to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy. Coming up next, we've got Justin Kenny jumping into the captain's chair. We've got the high school basketball coaches show. 6 to 7 o'clock tonight. Justin will be talking to some area high school coaches about big games coming up this weekend. Don't miss it. It comes up next. Big thanks to the guests that appeared on the Sports Rush today. Brian Newbert from GoldenBlack.com, part of the On3 Network. Also, thanks to James Boyd. Always fun to talk to James from The Athletic, talking Colts football. That will do it for us. Back to wrap up your week tomorrow, 4 to 6, with another edition of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.